What is going on, guys? It is August 11th, 9 p.m. Eastern, and we are going to go through some ADP. Um, one of the fun things about the average draft position for dynasty players is it is just ever evolving. You're watching it like you're watching stocks. Any move can make a big change in ADP. Um, we have preseason really starting to heat up this week, so we should see a lot of shuffling around. We got some news, um, but to look at the ADP and to do a price check, I brought in one of the best. Shane, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. That's uh, that's high praise that I'm not sure if I deserve, but I'll take it. <laughs> hey, man. It's, it's been a long time coming. I'm very excited to have you on the show. And before we get into that, we just want to do a couple promos and a giveaway. So everybody, everybody, you know about Manscaped. You know there's over 2 million men that have that trusted Manscaped with their family jewels. We can go through the, the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker. I mean, it's, it's something you can get for yourself. It's some, something you can get for family members, ladies. Get it for your guys because they're probably not going to take care of themselves as good as you are. <laughs> Use the Dynasty Dorks promo, get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. It's just capital Dynasty Dorks. Then we're going to talk about the, the giveaway. So I have some cards and we have been looking at some ways to do some giveaways allow people to um, get an, you know get a chance to get some of these dynasty players before they blow up. So I got four autograph cards that I wanted to give away. The two probably most notable for fantasy would be Des Fitzpatrick and Noah Gray. Noah Gray, Duke product. There's a lot of a lot of positive things about him. What have you heard about him, Shane? Uh he's with the Chiefs, right? Yeah, he's with the Chiefs. So I've Obviously, they've got Kelsey, um, but Kelsey is, is getting up there in age, and I've heard Noah Gray is a name who is kind of an athletic freak um, that could there could be a very smooth changing of baton, changing of the guard, if you will, um, in a couple years if that's when Kelsey decides to to move on or hang it up or, or anything like that. Like there could be a very smooth transition because of how athletic Noah Gray is. So yeah, he's a, he's a deep one for you. Yeah. And you know, he's someone that the, the word is that he's not really, he doesn't look like a rookie out there. Let's be honest. Most rookie tight ends take a little while to, you know, to cook. It takes a couple years, usually before, you know, nothing before their top, you know, before the age 25 is really relevant as far as fantasy football, Kyle Pitts will most likely break that trend this year. But Noah Gray gets to sit behind, learn behind one of the greatest tight ends, if not the greatest tight end of all time. Um, great spot for him. So let's just let's just do this. So I got I got some of the guys that have done this. All you had to do was follow me, share that you followed me, and I added you for free. Pretty simple. And, uh, yeah, let's see who wins. Nate, Nate dog. He nice. got it. All right. All right. Well, that, that was pretty cool. 
I've never actually even used that before. So um, that works. So, Nate, I guess I got to send you a Noah Gray signed um, signed a card. So that, that's cool. Um, we're also doing some stuff. So, uh, you know, Shane and, and some of the guys, have you know, they organized a huge event yesterday. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and the charity that was going on yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yesterday I did a potathon. I the total time I think was 16 hours. I was on for 12 of them. Um, and the point of that was for Polly's playoff, the ter- charity tournament that I run. The whole whole point of yesterday and the whole point of the tournament is to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. So if you watched yesterday, if you read the rules document, heard me talk about it, the reason that I started it all was because my wife's grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's. Um, and so I finally had a platform big enough to, to start a charity tournament and, and make a difference. I felt like, um, so that's where, where year one started. And then year two this year, we doubled it. And I was like, you know what, let's do a potathon. And I basically put it together in a week, um, with, uh, the help of Robbie, Rumboys, Robbie, Chris Pinto, Aggie Kapasig, um, and then all of the guests that came on yesterday. So, uh, whole point of that was just to share some, some thoughts on fantasy football topics and talk draft strategy in Polly's playoff, had a couple people that had already made picks when they came on. So we talked a little bit about that. I made my first pick live. So, um, and actually auctioned off my second pick. So, uh, my co-host for my podcast, the fantasy nightcap paid $50 and made me pick Tim Tebow at the 201. That is amazing. I didn't even know that. So, um, wow, that that's awesome. Um, and auctioning off. So if you go to my timeline and just type in dynasty dorks prizes, we are giving away these four cards. I got two Trevor Lawrence rookie cards, Najee Harris rookie card and a Justin Fields rookie card. And it's a live auction on Twitter. So right now the the ten dollars for two of the cards and five dollars for the two other cards is the the price to beat. All the money's gonna go to charity. We're gonna split it down the line. Half's gonna go to St. Jude, half's gonna go to the Alzheimer's. Um, we're really trying to make sure that we can we can try to I want to get at least 50 out of out of, out of those four right there. So yeah. if we can get 15 a piece, that'd be great. So go on there, hit that, hit that uh, bid. Uh, hit that you know, tweet and uh, put it to 15, 20 bucks, whatever. Um, it's charity. I will send you the cards personally, my, myself, with a thank you for your donation. Awesome. So let's go into the ADP. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I appreciate you for, for sharing that or for sharing my um, fundraiser association, if you will, because um, that it, it just means a lot that the support that I've received over the last couple of days, but also just in general with the fantasy community. So appreciate you doing that for me. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, never a negative interaction with you. This is the first time we've, you know, we've actually got to interact and, and, uh, but you've always been good to me. You've always been super nice on, on Twitter and, and it's just, it's a great cause. So, um, you know, what is the link just so everyone knows, uh, for the donation? Yep. Yeah. It's, um, I will share it with you because um, it's kind of befuddled. But if you go to yeah, the throw it in the chat, the walk to end Alzheimer's 
Um, walk, to, walk to end Alzheimer's. Walk to end Alzheimer's, Heart of Alabama 2021, and then search my name or my wife's name. So I'm sending it to you in the private chat right now. Perfect. All right, man. Well, I appreciate that. We're going to go straight to the uh, ADP. Um, and again, guys, you know, fantasy football is, is amazing. It's fun. It, it's, it's a great time. It brings everybody together. We can bring the fantasy football community together for charity and do something good with it. It's just that's that's the best part. So we've seen a lot of that this offseason. And it's just uh, anytime you get to be a part of it, please do. Um, so, yeah, let's let's pull it up. Let's let's look at what the current dynasty ADP is per fantasy pros let's do it all right so we got a couple of ads got to pay the bills <laughs> um we're gonna go ppr love it and that's i think where um it's it's changing it to the redraft here that's fine we can do redraft but we're gonna stick to this we're gonna go ppr i don't know if you play any standard leagues i don't I have not played in a standard league probably in 10 years. <laughs> so if you're if you're looking at the top 12 picks, Christian McCaffrey's cut off, who stands out? Who stands out? Honestly, so I'm wondering, so here's my, my the two that pop out to me are Barkley at five mm -hmm. and then Taylor at 11. Yep. Um, so Barkley at five, just with what I've heard over the last, even though he got cleared and is off the pup list and is going to practice and participate in camp, which I'm super excited about, I still feel like a lot of people are being very, very cautious with him. Um, so him being at five seems super high. Talent-wise, he's there. Injury concerns, though, I I'm shocked that he's actually that high um, for that. Uh, and then Taylor being at 11, I, my question for that is, is are people like, is this already reflecting the, um, the Wentz and, and Nelson injury news? Because if it is, that's, I mean, it's still too low. Like Taylor, especially if we're, we're talking dynasty, that's way too low redraft. I could see him at finishing anywhere between honestly probably two and 11 or two and 12 he, he's gonna finish i think in that top 12 so those are the two that stick out to me the most um aaron jones at 12 is kind of surprising too if you want to be honest and i'm a packers fan so like i i i like him at 12 but that seems very high um for i would probably actually draft him yeah, and when I did this with Mike Tagliere, uh probably two months ago, it was the opposite. Saquon okay. Barkley was going at 12, Jonathan Taylor was going at 5, and he was going, Jonathan Taylor's too high because you're, you're buying him at his ceiling, and yep. this was before the Wentz and things like that. Um, and, you know, there's still there's some still some concerns with that offense, um, and, and not necessarily um, that it's going to be a bad offense, but Jonathan Taylor – Kind of the same narrative as David Montgomery. Very easy schedule down the stretch. And he he definitely took advantage of it, which obviously you want to see good players do that. Yeah. Um, but David Montgomery doesn't really get the notability for it. And Jonathan Taylor, it was because he's Jonathan Taylor. Um, Neheim Hines is still there. Um, they don't have Phillip Rivers. And they look to have Carson Wentz possibly week one. 
it will be very interesting what Jonathan Taylor does, but I, I do agree, even as a Giants fan, Saquon Barkley at five, it's just, for me, you can't, you don't necessarily win your draft in the first round, no, but you yeah. want to be able to at least hit a double and get yeah. some good, solid production to build your team around, and it's a risky pick considering you could get very safe options like Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, and even Jonathan Taylor there. Um, and you only see two two receivers in the first round. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that this is one QB. Um, so Yeah, one QB PPR. Seeing two receivers in the first round doesn't shock me because I feel like people will hammer home uh, running backs. So, um, But those are pro- – there. there's four guys that I would probably take in the first round um, if I'm not taking a running back. Uh, and it's those two, Adams and Hill. And then Diggs, and actually, I would take Calvin Ridley. Um, so Calvin Ridley at twenty overall, right here, um, yep. is is probably too low for me. Um, so we'll, we'll, I guess we'll start there with the next twelve. So he's way too low at at twenty and being wide receiver six. I think he should be. Uh, he should go ahead of of DK Metcalf. Um, I am. I'm pretty confident in that he is do i still have my dynasty yes i do hold on just a second um so ridley is actually my dynasty wide receiver two yeah and who's your one Devonte. nice yep so it's uh and for a while so i've been tweaking the the weighting and of of how i've scored things so for a while there it was actually a three-way tie between Devonte, ridley and tyreek hill and those are my yeah. one, two, three. And then it's Diggs and then Justin Jefferson and then DeAndre Hopkins. So looking at the chunk that we're in, you've got Diggs, you've got Hopkins, Metcalf, Ridley, and AJ Brown. So I'm I'm fine with that. But Ridley is going to be Ridley's got a true shot at wide receiver one overall. Like I am very confident in that just because how talented he is. Julio's gone. Matt Ryan likes to still throw the ball and can still throw the ball really well. And yes, they've got pits, but I mean, to me this year, Ridley to the moon is, is going to happen. And and something interesting today that I was, I was listening to uh, fantasy footballers and they, they threw out there that, you know, Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley feel like they should be four or five years apart. And it's more like four or five months. Yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper is 27 and um, or he's 20, 26 and, and like nine months and yeah. Calvin Ridley is 26 and like seven months. Like it's really, they're really close. Um, Very interesting. So yeah, it just, it just, it feels like Cooper's been in the league for a decade and it feels like Calvin Ridley yeah. just got here. Um, yeah. For me, I mean, what, what really, does stand out to me. And I do want to point this out. So everyone out there, when you're looking at consensus ADP, something you want to look at is, is there some consistency on here? And when you see Mm -hmm. something that's not consistent, you might want to pull that data out. Yep. And the reason is it could be old data. They could be using different formats, whether it's best ball, whether it's, you know, dynasty versus redraft, whether it's super flex versus one quarterback. So when you look at things like, Patrick Mahomes is all over the place. 16, yeah. 25, 14, 23, 22. The 14 and 16 are, you know, the outliers there. 
Yeah. And you, you look down the board and you see, you know, some of these other ones like Clyde Edwards, Alaire, it's pretty consistent. 22, 22, 23, 21, 18. Yep. Yep. But Darren, he's Darren Waller. That, um, he's RB14. That's probably accurate. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, again, look at those things. And then you can see some of the, uh, the headlines on the side here. We got, you know, Allen Robinson was a, you know, late scratch at practice. I didn't know that until just now. Trey Lance um, needs to work in clock management situations. I don't know what that really is talking about, but obviously, you know, he's still a rookie. He's still got to learn some of the game management stuff. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss not practicing due to a hamstring. Rashad Bateman, we had a scare this week. Good thing it's not too bad. It's yeah. better if it was day to day, but week to week is much better than what it initially sounded. Yeah, there were a lot of people that thought it was going to be months, and that was not good. Um, so, David, I want to address two people on this list. This check, yeah. um, Najee Harris and Antonio Gibson. Okay. They're both too high for me from a like where they're going as the running back, like the the actual ranker or ADP, and one QB is probably pretty close. But going as the RB eleven and twelve in dynasty, I don't. I, I'm not huge on Gibson. I will straight up tell anyone that. Um, I think part of the reason he had such such success last year is because he had to play Dallas twice. And my 91-year-old grandmother could have ran through Dallas's defense last year. Um, so I and Dallas improved. They're still gonna be bad on defense, but they've improved, I think, um, to where I, I think that it could lead to a little disappointment with Gibson. Najee is God, he's so good. Um, but I'm just I feel like that's a little early to take him. Um Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. When you look at when you look at consistency charts, and when you look at the end of year, actually, yeah, go go ahead. Funny, (laughs) I actually have Najee as my uh, Dots TRB eleven, so (laughs) I need to shut up. But (laughs) I don't know. It feels too high, man. (laughs) Anyone, anyone out there that you know, you you see a list and you see a ranking and you want to tear it apart. And then, you know, then you got to put the ranking together. And at, at the end of the day, you might say, you know, well, that guy's top 10. Well, that guy's top 10. That guy's top 10. Then you look at the list and you're like, I you just listed 17. Yeah, I got, I got 12 guys that are top 10. So, I mean, it, it is difficult. And sometimes, you know, you get in that range where there's a clump of guys that are together. Mm-hmm. And and you could you could put them at 12 or 15 and shuffle it up any any depending on the matchup. But totally. when, when I'm looking at this list, um, you know, obviously for me, like Patrick Mahomes up there at 17, you know, that's that's where some people are going to have him. It's, you know, he's a huge difference maker, but drafting a quarterback there versus getting uh, a clear number one receiver or a stud, you know, running back one that can be your, you know, RB2 basically. Yeah. Is very difficult for me to, you know, to, to think about. I would just would never do that. Um, Najee Harris is so interesting because the offensive line is such a big problem, but they were awful last year. So I don't know if it would have been much better if they brought back the same guys. Yeah. But they, you know, they have Ben Roethlisberger, but I do think with volume that you, you, you will see him in that RB one range. Um, and, and he does have some upside there. 
And with running backs, I know he's an older rookie, but running backs are in their prime as soon as they step on the field. Yeah. And almost every year you see an RB1 out of the rookies, and he is the clear-cut favorite to be able to do so. Um, to go to the next next group of guys, we start out, we have Justin Jefferson at 25, George Kittle at 26, Keenan Allen 27, DeAndre Swift 28, David Montgomery 29, Josh Allen 30, J.K. Dobbins 31, Terry McLaurin 32, Allen Robinson 33, C.D. Lamb 34, and uh, Miles Sanders 35, Chris Carson 36. Again, this is PPR, and this is redraft because it did shuffle the board whenever I, I switched it to PPR. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm peeking at my rankings real quick. I'll just go with mine right off the bat. Right yeah, off the bat, yeah. Miles Sanders does not belong in the top three rounds. And oh, I just – I, I really – I really – don't see why people are still holding on to that those you know four or five games his rookie year at the end of the year. If you can get him in the fourth or fifth, I don't hate the guy. I just I feel like at that point in the third round he is your RB one or RB two depending on what you did in the first two rounds. It's just too risky of a pick. Not only do you have the injury history, you have a rushing quarterback that is going to vulture touchdowns. Not going to be doing a lot of check down, and if they do pass the ball. It's not a guarantee that Sanders gets that. They have Boston Scott. They got Kenny got, you know, Kenny Gainwell. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just, you don't see rushing quarterbacks check down a lot. Yeah. So, and then on top of it, I just don't think it's going to be a high scoring offense. No, and typically your RB ones, RB twos are associated. So there's just too many red flags for me. I'm out. So let me ask you this question because I've done this in a couple of best ball drafts. Um, if you can get Miles Sanders as your RB3, are you comfortable taking him in the third round? Oh, 100%. Like if you ha- like if you're just like I'm going robust running back and I'm hammering running back and you've got uh I can't remember who I've done it with before, but let's say Zeke and Eckler. Um yeah. and then Sanders falls to you in the third, you taking that? Yeah, cuz I mean apparently with this, I could go and I I mean almost almost could be able to get CD Lamb there. Um, but you get Miles Sanders, and then you turn around, and you can get Mike Evans or Robert Woods as your receiver. Yeah. You know, after punting the receiver position, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, totally. So the one, I, I think the one name that pops out to me on this list, um, well, other than Miles Sanders, I was actually going to point talk about him um, because I like I like him at that price, but with the context that we've talked about, like taking him as your third running back maybe as your RB2, depending on who, like if you're at the, the, the three, four turn and you can get him as an RB2 and then pair like maybe get Chris Carson or let's say David Montgomery somehow fell. Cause I feel like he's someone who, despite his ADP or his ranking here, I feel like you can get him later than that. Um, yeah. Um, and, and you know, this so is the I'd- average, this is the average draft position based yeah. off of several sites. And like I said earlier, there could be some best ball that it's mixed in here, but I agree. Um, And Maddie's on here. I threw the the ADP for David Montgomery and Maddie immediately went to his quick hitters and had to do some content on it because he said, whoa, what are we doing? Uh, If you get David Montgomery for, you know, RB3 prices 
And, you know, I, he's a solid RB2, in my opinion. I completely um, agree. He's, you know, he's going to get the volume. I'm not concerned with Tariq Cohen. It sounds like Tariq Cohen is is not he's even – struggling to get back. Yeah. Damian Williams is there, and he'll have a role. But remember – Aaron right? is also gone. So yep. I think it's it's – it's Patterson out the door and Damian Williams coming right back in to, to fill that role. Nothing Yeah. More. And, you know, Montgomery is a guy that he can stay on the field for all three downs. Yes. Um. So it, it's – he's someone that I'm, I'm very comfortable with. If I do end up taking, you know, running back, running back, and then take a receiver in the third, I can swing back around. And David Montgomery is my third running back. I am super pumped yeah. about that start. And I will take David Montgomery over Miles Sanders every 100%. single day of the week. 100%. I'm with you there. So if you'll scroll up just a little bit, though, the name that popped off to me was Keenan Allen at wide receiver 927 overall. And it's really just because finally Keenan Allen is getting the respect that he deserves. Yeah. Man is one of the best receivers in the NFL. It He had an injury-prone um, period where I wouldn't even draft him. But then I, I finally bit the bullet, and ever since then I've been on – been on the Keenan train because he's been healthy. He is one of the best route runners in the league, um, I think, and and is going to continually be open for Justin Herbert. Um, and I love Justin Herbert. Like I'm, I'm Herbie fully loaded all the way. Um, so I I love Keenan Allen. I love that he's finally getting that respect. And it honestly, it's probably because he is tied to Herbert and how well Herbert played as a rookie. Um, so yeah, I love Keenan Allen there. Allen Robinson could ease also easily, easily smash this like this ADP. Robinson is a very interesting dynasty player right now because yeah. he's on the franchise tag. If he gets, if Justin, well, when Justin Fields takes over, he's going to have Justin Fields, which is most likely the best quarterback he's ever played with. Ever, like since high school. Well, or he goes, yeah. Or he goes to free agency, and then he gets to pick his destination, which hopefully he does a little bit better job of it this time. Usually, yeah. the first contract they go get the money. The second contract they go chase the ring. Yeah. So, if he hits free agency, he you could see him go somewhere and, and get a spot where he's in a position to be with a top end quarterback. But let's just say that Andy Dalton plays two or three games. Andy Dalton's been known to pepper his number one guy mm -hmm. and then Justin Fields. So when you look at, you know, someone like Allen Robinson with, you know, let's say Allen Robinson and Brandon Ayuk, those are two guys where you have to factor in a quarterback change and rookie quarterbacks. Typically they, they, they sometimes can sustain one top end receiver, but not really two historically. Yeah. Um, do you factor that in when you're looking at your rankings with those teams? Uh, not really. Um, at least not with, with Robinson, just because so like the the other receiver there is is uh, obviously Darnell Mooney and give me just a second, I'm gonna do a good old command F function. Why do I not have Mooney? There we go. So Mooney right now is sitting at wide receiver forty one for me. Um mm -hmm which he could smash that too. And then Robinson I have at, where are you? 
Hey, Rob, why can I not find you? Oh, Robinson is way too low on my rankings. But that's one of those things where, again, it is a um, it's a matter of, of scoring and, and chunks. I've got yeah. um, and, and probably the age factor, too, from a dynasty perspective. But Robinson is one of those guys that he's quarterback proof. So I'm not worried about him yep. getting his numbers, um, even with the transition to fields. Mooney, like I said, is, is wide receiver 41 right now for me. Um, and I don't know where he is on, on this list, but he is talented enough and was always open last year to where even if he only gets, let's say, 80 targets um, this year from, from fields, he's still going to have a, a much better year than he did last year. Um, and let me... 123, wide receiver 50. Okay. Yeah. So clearly I'm higher on them on him than this this fantasy pros. Give me just a hot second to see what his stats were last year. Oh look, I've got him in this league. <laughs> um yeah, so he finished his wide receiver 50 last year. He had yeah. 98 targets and 61 receptions, which is is shocking, but I could see well, and, and I would love to know what what the catch rate Exactly. On those ones, but what was the catchable target rate? That's what I was about to say. Because I there's one play that sticks in my head where yeah. the the replay or highlight, if you will, that wasn't actually a highlight because he cooked. I think it was Jalen Ramsey. It was Jalen Ramsey. Playing. He cooked him, like stirred him up in the pan, chopped him up, and uh, and just cooked him. It was wide open and Trubis yeah. I think it was Trubisky overthrew him by five yards and it's just like good god so i think i think the thing that benefits mooney to where he could be a a value in fantasy is he's also got a better quarterback this year so those targets yep. and the catchable target rates like you were talking about are going to go way way up and if you're getting him at wide receiver 50 and he produces at wide receiver 30 or heck, if he produces where I've got him, wide receiver forty-one, that's a value um, to you, and and that's going to help you win games and and potentially win your league. No, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I think that Mooney is a guy that I've I've been targeting, and I think once we see the, the switch of the, the guard, um, Justin Fields and and him will will be a, a nice combo. Yeah. So let's go. Let's keep going down the list. Um, you know, right now we get a, a nice sweet spot for your receivers mm -hmm. um, and the running backs are starting to dry up. So this for me, for my draft strategy, I do like to go running back heavy in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And this is why you yeah. have people that are potentially wide receiver ones in the fourth round. Yep. So you got Robert one, Robert Woods. He's been a wide receiver one. Mike Evans. He's been a wide receiver one. Amari Chris Cooper, Godwin. Chris Gard Godwin. And then you got Kyle Pitts sitting there. Thielen. Um, Adam Thielen's been a wide receiver one. So these guys have been wide receiver ones very recently, and you can get them here. So if you were to take, let's say you took three running backs and a tight end, you could still end up with Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, or, or you know Mike Evans as your, you know as your uh, wide receiver one here. So yeah, that's what sticks out to me. Just looking at it. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And this this right here, like if you could, you should screenshot this and be like, this is why you can wait on wide receiver. Like, and just tweet that out. Like, because like you said, I mean, Robert Woods has, uh, I'm going to go bold here and say top five potential just because he's got the best quarterback he's had. Um, Julio still has wide receiver one potential, um, at least a fringe wide receiver one. Um, and this also gets into that topic we were talking about earlier. We're like, I've got 17 guys who can finish in the top 10 as a wide receiver one. Yep. And I mean, this right here proves that, um, Godwin was the wide receiver two overall in 2019. And then he was banged up last year. Cooper, yeah. Wide receiver one. Thielen, wide receiver one last year. So the uh the one thing that stuck out to me from that group of 12 yep. um real quick was actually Josh Jacobs. Um even at RB20 early fourth round, um I am not touching him unless he is my RB3 or flex position. Yeah. Absolutely not touching him. And I think his ADP is going to go up. And and the reason, and this was something that the fantasy pros brought up was, you know, we have redraft season is upon us. Yeah. And a lot of your, you know, fans that are, are not, they're not dynasty players. They don't play year round. They remember Josh Jacobs as someone that yep. was good for them last year. He had 10 yep. plus touchdowns. He's going to go up because you're, you're in your ADP because of that. ADP is a guide. It is not the Bible. Mm-hmm. You do not have to go for that. It's just telling. It's just telling you if you want to get this guy, this is you're going to have to pay this price at least. Yeah. Yep. So um, we'll just go down. Go down to the next crew. I mean, we missed CD Lamb earlier, and CD Lamb I think is someone that you're going to see rise, especially with Hard Knocks. Everybody usually gets a little bit of a bump with Hard Knocks. Yeah. So right here, you got Mark Andrews going after Kyle Pitts now. What are your thoughts about that? And this is redraft. In Dynasty, I totally get it. In Dynasty, I totally get it. I and Sorry, I keep going back to it. But in my Dynasty rankings, I've got Andrews at 7. Okay. Okay, we're going to call Andrews at 6 because the model is, is screwed up and Pat Fryermuth is sitting at 5, so i got to figure <laughs> that out. But So Andrews is 6 because we're eliminating the Pat Fryermuth there. Pitts is 4. So, um, yeah, I, Dynasty, that makes sense. Redraft, I mean, Pitts is such a different animal. Um, and, and shout out to Bo McBrayer calling him a unicorn in his most recent article or one of his articles um, that, that fits the description for Pitts. Like he's not your typical tight end. He's not your typical rookie tight end to where I I think he could, he could beat records and beat the, the, the trends that you see. I I threw the records out. And do you know that my, how much of a beast Mike Ditka was? So when you look at the rookie records, the most touchdowns, mm-hmm. the most yards, both Mike Dicka only played 14 games. And I, I've, I've seen charts that had other people, but he, Mike Dicka was pre-merger. Yeah. His stats were ridiculous. He had, in, on 50 catches, had over 1,000 yards. And, Good night. And had 12 touchdowns. And then 81 catches is the record for rookie tight end. And that was so I don't, Keith Jackson I, I don't see him breaking breaking that catch record. 
that's going to be really hard from the tight end position. Um, and like I said, I'm super high on Ridley. Russell Gage is a name that is going to provide value. We saw it last year when Julio mm-hmm. was out. Um, so I, he's not someone that you should sleep on or just be like, oh, he's just a guy. I, I don't think he is. I think he's got some chemistry with Ryan um, to, to probably piss off Pitt's owners yeah. just enough. Um, I think the one rookie record that he could break, and it's just because of it's what he did at Florida, is the touchdown record. Um, but that being said, back to your original question, taking him over Andrews, I feel like is, is in redraft is too bold. Yeah, Andrews is, I think, going to benefit from the fact that Lamar has other targets mm-hmm. um, to where that's going to make Lamar improve as a passer. But yep. then Andrews not going to be the, the focal point of the passing offense, making the defense not focus on him is what I mean by that. So that way he gets better targets. He gets more open targets because – They've got to focus on on Bateman and Hollywood Brown and Tylen Wallace and Miles Boykin and Dobbins out of the backfield. Yeah. So I, I think it's a little too bold um, to take Pitts over Andrews and, and redraft. No, I agree. And then you can see this is the fifth round, forty eight pick forty eight through sixty. We have a bunch of quarterbacks going off the board. We got QB five, yep. Dak Prescott. We got Love QB. It. Oh, that's six. actually too low. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, QB7, Aaron Rodgers, QB8. So if you're looking to get one of those middle-round quarterbacks, this is where you start looking for them. So you could, you know, Mahomes was the second round, then Allen was a third-rounder, and then all these guys are going – Kyler Murray was a a fourth-rounder, and then all these guys are going in the fifth. So that's something that pops out to me. Half of these picks are quarterbacks and tight ends, more than half. Um, yeah, I love Justin Herbert as previously mentioned. I think Aaron Rodgers this year is going to just come out and tear people apart. Um, kind of like he did last year. Yeah. Um, and now he's got, he's got Cobb back. He's got Amari Rodgers, still got Lazard and, and, uh, MVS and obviously Devontae Adams and and Tanya. And so I think there are, there are some guys there that could, uh, so really here, break your fantasy team in one QB. Here's two interesting ones that I do think that there's some ADP that is off. Okay. James Robinson, mm-hmm. RB24, because he is and pick 75 and 71, which I think are the real scores. And yeah. then you got 59, 53, and 52. And we we haven't seen Etienne yet, correct? Nope. And then you then look and you see Daryl Henderson. You see, he's at 67 on fan tracks. That's not right. That's got the cam acres baked into that. Yeah. And even 59 and 55 are pretty late. So um, Michael Thomas, you see he's he's up there where I just you know he's not going to be drafted that high at this point. And again, this is redraft PPR. And and Jamar Chase, he probably won't move, move too much, but with the negative buzz in camp, um, but you see one RT Sports has him at 69, and then the other guys have him in the other, you know, other positions, RT sports, just from, you know, general, they, they generally were um, more accurate last time we did this, but okay. um, James Robinson at 59 still That's don't get rough. it. But I mean, people still are buying the fact that Travis ETN, which Travis ETN signed Jersey up here, pristine auction shout out. They're buying the fact that, you know, 
Urban Meyer came out and said that he's going to use ETN as a third down back. I'm not buying that, but I'm not either. Some people that are buying, you know, if they're you're buying him as an RB two, then you're drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah, no, I um, yeah, Robinson's too high. Henderson, this is a tough one for me. Um, Henderson's probably in the right spot just because Acres is down, mm-hmm. but I'm probably not touching him. Um, and I, I'm just lower on running backs in that offense. And everyone's like, well, Todd Gurley in 2018 was the RB2 or whatever the hell it was. And it's just like, for me, like, Akers and Henderson aren't Todd Gurley from from back then. Yeah. Um, so, and I, like, pre-injury, I, I'm lower on Akers. Um, I'm, and I'm lower on Henderson. Because I also think McVay has a tendency to use a running back by committee. I feel like same thing is going to happen this year, but Henderson will probably end up getting more of the lion's share just because Acres is is out. Um, well, so- in in this group, I would argue that it's well worth the risk because not only are these other guys going to be in committees, Edmonds and you know Robinson for this argument, he's got the upside if he if it's not, and like you said, he's he's more involved. Yeah. RB25, it's not bad, but if you're looking at pick 41, that's rich. That's fourth-round yeah. pick. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And the, I think that you actually just had him highlighted. Javante Williams at yeah, RB27. Yeah, my next one. I, from a dynasty perspective, I love Williams. Redraft, I, I don't think I'm touching him because I think, as and I talked about this yesterday on the Potathon. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as Melvin Gordon is on the team – he's going to be a pain in the butt to Javante Williams owners. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And, you know, people fell for the headline, the headline read that Javante Williams taken first team snaps, but people didn't read the article and the article said Melvin Gordon wasn't even at camp. So of course, Javante Williams taking first team snaps. Now Melvin Gordon's back Javante Williams in the back seat. He will be involved, but they will use Melvin Gordon and they're probably going to, you know, not run the wheels off him, but they're going to use him quite a bit. They're paying a ton of money into last mm-hmm. year they have of him. Yeah. And then hand the keys over to Javante next year. Um, obviously, Melvin Gordon has not been the healthiest. Yeah. Um, so that could be, you know, that could be baked into this too. Chase Edmonds, where he's being drafted for me, I was, you know, I'm excited about him. I like the offense, but I'm out with where he's being drafted. I would. Agreed. Just avoid the situation, or I would just even take James Conner, who's just cheaper to get a piece of that offense at a much cheaper price. Yeah, I agree with 90% of what you just said, and the 10% that I don't is just because I don't like Conner. Um, he's just too too hurt for me all the time to be someone that I draft to rely upon. Um, so I would actually tr- – See, where, that's where I, mean, I haven't seen him yet, but where you're drafting him, you're not really having to rely on him because he's your. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I just. I get it, man. I've been burned plenty of times and it's, it's frustrating. Um, but Chase Edmonds, you know, fancy pros was talking about it. You know, he's, he's had three career carries uh, in, in the red, in the red zone. He's been given the ball more than 11 having more more than 11 rushing attempts three times in his career. Yeah. 
he's just not someone that is going to get a lot of volume on the ground. Agreed. They do throw the ball a lot, and he does get quite a few. A passing, but that yeah. was where his value came from last year. Honestly, he was getting four, five, six catches a game, not targets, catches. Yeah, yeah, and and if he's getting four, five, six catches, and he's able to to sprinkle in four or five runs on that, it's it's nice to have him because you're getting him here as your RB three or four. Yeah. Um, but it, it still is a little. Again, people are drafting him as the RB twenty six, RB twenty five, and it's. A little high, considering he hasn't been able to really do. To, even what, even last year, it wasn't necessarily consistent when he did put the production together. Yeah. Um, okay, I love this next chunk. Um, if you, will you scroll up one more pick? Yeah. I think that's uh, Claypool. So let's let's just talk about the the list here, and we'll go with Claypool at sixty nine, Tom Brady at seventy. D. Higgins, 71, Juju Smith-Schuster, 72, Raheem Mostert, 73, Cortland Sutton, 74, Dallas Goddard, 75, Devonta Smith, 76, Melvin Gordon, 77, and Michael Carter at 78. Yeah, so this is another case in point for going zero wide receiver because here's where you can get your second wide receiver, and it's guys that also, I think, potentially have wide receiver one upside. You've got Claypool. You've got Higgins. Those two are my dudes. I love those guys. Um, and then Juju is, has sneaky value because he still got a lot of catches last year. So PPR, yep. um, getting Juju at wide receiver 30 is kind of stealing. Like, you might need to go to jail. Um, <laughs> yeah, then, I, I got him in Scott Fish as my third wide receiver. I couldn't believe he's still available. It was like 10th or 11th round. Yeah. So, and then you've got Cortland Sutton. Yes, he's coming back off an injury, but I also think he's just extremely talented um, and can be like he'll give you wide receiver two production, I think, no question. Devontae Smith, I actually like here a lot too. So, like, this is seriously just like screaming to me hammer running backs in your one QB league, hit yep. a wide receiver around round four, um, round five, take Kareem Hunt uh, or another wide receiver or tight end. Or, uh-huh. actually, or or QB, sorry, that was a lot. Round five, we'll say QB because that was where you had like Russ and Herbert and and Rogers. Round six, take Javante Williams, and then round seven, right here, T Higgins, Juju, Claypool, yep. Sutton, Devonte Smith. Um, so yeah, I I like this range of players quite quite a bit. Yeah, and, and doing it this way, as far as an exercise, I mean, this is really putting your your you know, players in tiers because you're looking at it and you're not going, all right, RB 29 versus, you know, you know, RB, you know, or like quarterback, you're looking at it going, all right, tight end seven, RB 29, wide receiver 32. It's all right there. QB 10. Like you pick which one you want. And, and, you know, you don't have to just go with just the quarterback because you can see where they value against other positions. So this is where, you know, it starts to dry up a little bit. Pick 80, Leonard Fournette. I think that's probably a little high. Yeah. Um, no Fant, Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, Jerry Judy, Logan Thomas, Ryan Tannehill. I like that. I don't know what Fantrax is doing over there. 102. That's too low. Did they they did they haven't they, they haven't put in the Julio Jones trade into that calculator yet. Something. Um <laughs> David Johnson. Brandon Cooks, Travis Etienne. There's Travis Etienne. Yep. And 
you see his scores. He has incomplete, which I think is making his numbers go down. Uh, yeah. And then, and then if Tyler you look Boyd. at his, his other numbers, it's 47, 52, 60. Yeah, he's one. I think that's fifth round him, pick. That puts him back right in that range of, of Robinson. So if I remember right. So yeah, that, that incomplete is probably what's hurting him. Um, the only person that I want on the, actually I lied. There's two people I want in the Houston offense because we don't know who the quarterback is yet. Still yeah. um, it's, it's Brandon cooks, especially at this price. Cause this is wide receiver three wide receiver four ish range. Yeah. Um, and when he's healthy, he gets a thousand yards and six touchdowns roughly. So I, I, and I'm not as worried with injuries as, as I am with others um, at that position. So I'm, I'm comfortable taking him here. The yep. other person in the Houston offense, and we probably won't get him. So here's your, uh, your sleeper, if you will, is Philip Lindsay compared to the cost of David Johnson right here. Mark Ingram's probably going ahead of him too. I want Philip Lindsay yep. anywhere I can get him. I said this on the pod potathon multiple times yesterday. David Johnson is old and hurt and hasn't been relevant in two years. Mark Ingram is old and is on a new team. Lindsay's 26. Yes, he's on a new team, but he's also an undrafted free agent that got a thousand yards in his rookie year. Yeah. Um, so he's someone that I really, really like this year, and his price is ridiculously low. Um, yeah, he's a free square. Um, you could you could easily pick him up, and you know if things don't work out in the first couple of weeks, you can drop him, or you know you just wait till David Johnson gets hurt because exactly. it's just gonna happen. Um, There's an interesting name here that I want like I want to get your thoughts on because I feel like a lot of people are already out on him. Yeah. And I don't really know why. And it's DJ Chark. Yeah. So I I like DJ Chark. Um, and I think he is someone, you know, interesting enough, Marvin Jones is a very similar player. Mm-hmm. But I think it just tells you what they want to do in that offense. They want to have a vertical passing game. Yeah. So you put DJ Chark on one side and you put Marvin Jones on the other. Um, I think his upside is limited due to the fact, again, it's a rookie quarterback, even though it's Trevor Lawrence, it's still a rookie quarterback. Still, we have a lot of pass catchers. And then now he's missing some time with his quarterback due to the hairline fracture that had him have a surgery on his finger. Um, He's still due to be back week one. Um, but again, you're getting him as your third or fourth receiver. I'm totally fine with that as long as yeah. he's not your first or second option. Totally agree. So I'm, I'm okay with him. And in this range, I feel like he is, he's got a lot of upside mm-hmm. when you're looking at guys like Tyler Boyd's a safe pick. Yep. Um, but I still probably would take some of the guys on this list over Chark. I would definitely, yeah. I mean, ETN, I think a cheat that's cheating, but yeah, I completely agree. Um, okay, you know, so let me ask you this. Yeah, good. Pre-NFL draft, who is your RB1 in this class? Pre-NFL draft, who is yeah. the RB1? Oh, it was Najee. Okay. Um, I actually had ATN. But it's it was very close, and it was honest. Like, 
part of yeah. it was a little bit of bias um, because I'm an Auburn fan. So I was like, I can't like it hurt me to rank Najee that high. But then I watched more film on Najee and, yeah. and looked at the stats and whatnot. And I was like, okay, it, it needs to be Najee. And then he went to the Steelers and I was like, yeah, thousand percent. Najee's the RB one in this class. Yeah. And then Etienne landed in, in Jacksonville and I, I didn't love that landing spot for him. Um, but I still love the player. And I, I know a lot of people aren't as high on him as, as I am, but I, I think they're wrong <laughs> just to be blunt. No. Um, yeah, I, I think so, man. I think he's getting buried for the landing spot. And I think that people are, some people get to where they like a player and then anyone that challenges that player, they, they don't like, it's like, you're, you're not allowed to like two different players. Yeah. You're allowed to like two players. It's fine. You can like Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Javante and I hope Williams they both. Carter. Are awesome. Yeah, that's a huge one. And I'm like, I like both. If I if you make me pick, gun to my head, I think I'm gonna go Carter. Yep. But price is baked a little into that as well. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with, and I like that offense. You know, I think that offense is gonna be good. I think the defense is gonna be really bad. Yeah. Um and. They're in a, an interesting division because yep. as bad as Jacksonville is, they play Houston twice. Yeah. Tennessee has not had the best defense. So you could see them put up some points. And again, I, I think they're they're gonna try to have fast-paced vertical scheme offense. And um with Marvin Jones and with DJ Chark screaming down the sideline, it's gonna open up a lot of the middle of the field. They don't have a tight end, and typically tight end targets correlate to running back targets. Hey, now. So, go ahead. Tim Tebow's there. Yeah, you're 201. Tim Tebow <laughs> is there. Um, so, they got Tim Tebow, Luke Farrell, and Tyler Eifert. Yes. That is quite the QB. The, the QB, the, so quite the tight end room. From a dynasty perspective, is someone that I am I'm looking at. Yeah, he's interesting um, for sure. He's a very interesting prospect, I think. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'm also a Notre Dame fan, so I love Eifert, but he was hurt for the middle part of his career, and we haven't seen him produce consistently since he's really come back from his injury. Um, and in yeah, Jacksonville, it's so it's so hard to get on that train. I know they were like rumored to be really interested in Hunter Henry and John Smith, and they never did anything. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, but I, I like the pass catchers there and I like DJ Chark. So let's just wrap it up with a couple guys. Damian Harris, he's got that Patriots running back stink to him. Mm -hmm. Are you interested in him at this price? Yes. Because this is probably, if you're, oh. This is going to hurt me to say. If you went zero RB, Damien Harris is a good candidate. I'm not a zero RB advocate. I yeah. won't pretend to do to be. I did it in a dynasty league. My wide receivers in that league are absolutely the most filthy thing I've ever seen. Um, I, I nicknamed my team name on Sleeper is the Four Horsemen and DJ Moore because the other four wide receivers are better than DJ Moore, I think. And wow. DJ Moore is my fifth wide receiver. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't love zero, zero RB, but Damien Harris is a great candidate for that. I also think that he could smash smash this ADP um, because they are setting up to be a rushing offense 
with the the moves that they made in free agency. And I think yeah, I don't, I, I, a lot of people thing, think if Mac Jones were to go in there that Damian Harris's ADP would go through the roof. Yeah. Well, through the roof is too much, but his ADP would would raise tremendously. Yeah. I it could go up around round and a half, I think easily, honestly. So and this is uh I was do do two Two backfields, Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. Oh, and you have the option of neither. I'm going to go Ronald Jones just for my terms. Um, if we look at dynasty rankings, I've got Jones at RB25. Mm-hmm. And Fournette, I might not even have ranked out, honestly. And he's going way ahead of yeah. Jones in these redraft rankings. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't have Fournette ranked in my dynasty rankings. And so then the other, the other one is um, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Purely off of price, I'm going to go Singletary. Where is he going compared to Moss? Um, I haven't even got him yet. He's going pretty. Cheap. Yep. At least we're looking at least three rounds, maybe four now. Yeah. Oh wow, they've got defense in here. <laughs> so so let's just go with Holy a few shit, guys. After Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. People do not like Devin Singletary. Oh, there he is. One fourteen. One to fourteen. Okay. Okay. So he's going about a round after Moss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Purely off of price. I'm gonna go Singletary. Um but if gun to my head, I'm not taking either just because I think they're going to yeah. be as frustrating as they were last year. These are some interesting handcuffs here. You got Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, Tony Pollard. Um, you know, I always tell everybody, if you don't have to draft a defense and you don't have to draft a kicker, don't pile up these running backs. It's someone's going to go down, someone's going to hit, and you're going to have the top waiver wire pick already on your bench. You don't need them. You can trade them for a you know player position you need. And if you need a running back, which everyone always needs running backs, you got one of the top guys. You know whether it is for however long the starter's out. Um, you see some tight ends here, Darnell Mooney, as we talked about before. Um, what's uh, give us give us one or two late round guys before we take off. Yeah, one or two late round guys. I'll try and give you one at, at each position, um, maybe excluding quarterbacks. So running back, already said Philip Lindsay. Um, he's just primed, I think, to take over that backfield. Uh, wide receiver. There's so many good wide receivers and young wide receivers too. Uh, let's go with Amari Rogers. Okay. Randall Cobb doesn't scare you. Nope. Nope, not long term at least. Maybe this that I think for redraft purposes, yes, it's going to be frustrating to figure out the top three targets in that offense are Adams, Jones, yep. Tanya. Yeah. Then it's a it's going to be a cluster, and I'll bleep out the other half of that word, um, to figure out who's going to be the true wide receiver too. I think yep. there'll be games where it's Lazard. There's games where it's MVS. If he decides to actually catch the ball, there's going to be games where it's Amari Rogers. And then there's going to be games where it's Cobb. But I think yep. in the end, 
Rodgers' talent will win out over all of those guys. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah. So he's a he's one that I would take. Um, another one is Quintez Cephas, just okay. because there's that. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz for Amon Ross St. Brown, and he's the lost guy. Cephas and, and Amon Ross St. Brown are actually two that I would I'd look at, um, just because there's a a lot of opportunity in that offense. I think so. Um, and then tight end, uh, Cole Komet, Adam Troutman, Gerald Everett. There's yep. so many good late tight end options, but those are my top three. Nice. And, and for, um, for running back, I'll throw Rashad Penny out there. Um, you know, Chris Carson, he's doesn't, doesn't you know, he tends to, to miss a few games. He's going to be out there and he's, he's super cheap. Um, there is a few, you know, a few guys have mentioned him. So you might not be as cheap as you may like, um, but he's there um, for, you know, for receiver uh, Cole Beasley in, in that Bill's offense. Uh, he's someone that you can get pretty late and in a PPR league, he's, he's, he's going to put up numbers. Yeah. They, they, they ran three receivers. They, they ran three receivers, 70 plus percent of the time last year. I don't think that's going to change much. That's the reason that they're one of the top offenses but both the running backs are getting drafted outside of the top 90 because they just passed the ball a lot and they didn't, they picked up Emmanuel Sanders, but they didn't pick up, you know, if they would have picked up a tight end like Hunter Henry or someone like that, that might demand more targets. They didn't. Cole Beasley is going to eat up the middle. I'm not worried about Emmanuel Sanders. And you hit on all the tight ends that I would have, I would have said, um, except for maybe Johnu. I'll throw Johnu Smith out there as yeah, a tight end a um, to, to look at. So, Shane, you, you've been great with your time, man. Any any parting words, any articles to check out? What do we got? Yeah, so tomorrow the next episode of the Fantasy Nightcap will come out. That is going to be an NFC South breakdown and then an interview with the guest who is actually my cousin. Um, so that'll oh. that, it was a fun one to record um, just because we, we haven't seen each other in a while, but it was also really informational too because he's actually a former college coach. Um, nice. so that was a fun one. Um, articles, I will eventually write another article in the series of, of draft strategy. Um, and then we've got Polly's playoff going on right now. So actually it's probably not at the top of my account anymore, but I just tweeted out in a, a tweet asking a question, for Polly's playoff next year. Um, so go vote in that poll, please. If you've got any ideas, throw them in the comments. Um, because, I'm trying to get it's year three where I'm going to maybe get a little creative. I think we figured out a system to make this work easier and, and more smoothly um, awesome. than it's gone this year, honestly. Um, well, which there, I mean, we doubled the size of the tournament, so there's growing pains to be expected, but so there's a, a poll on there. Go vote on that. Throw some comments on it. Um, make sure you like, and subscribe to the, the nightcap and the YouTube channel for the fantasy football collective. Yeah, same thing. Make sure you guys go subscribe to Dynasty Dorks. Um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all those things as well. And um, again, thank you so much for your time, Shane. It was a pleasure. I hope you have a great night. I'll see everybody next week.